Tov. Um, today's staff is Daf Chafamus 21, um, and uh, we pick up in the middle of Chafamus Bet. We're in the middle of certain statements about um, astronomically when the new moon can be seen, uh, with the Gemara's assumption that it can be seen once it moves um, six hours off from the uh, conjunction, from when it's exactly in line with the sun and the earth. Um, although in practice it's really closer to something like 16 to 18 hours. Um, anyway, and the Gemara statement that it's important to know some of these astronomical facts, la sahade, to contradict the witnesses, in case the witness testifies something so that we know cannot be possibly true given the astronomical realities. Okay, so now the Gemara picks up and says the following, Amar Mar, about eight lines from the bottom, line starts with the word sahadi, on Chafam Adbet. Amar Mar, so let's go back and look at a statement we said earlier. The night and the day both have to be from the month. Now, Minola, where, does it, where, does it, where, where do we get this from? So I guess I'll read the Psukim and then I'll say what this means. From evening to evening, right? So that uh, shows you that a day goes from one evening to the next. It's an idea of an entire day, night and day combined. And when it speaks about eating matzos for seven days, it says until the 21st at night, which again shows you that the day extends from the night before up until and not including the following night. Which is basically just a point that, you know, a day is considered to be the night and the day. My Nahu, what's the difference between those two? Either way, you're basically saying it's the uh, night and the following day. There's no real halachic difference. It's just a question of which verse you're learning from. The difference is chatzot. What does it mean chatzot? Because the verse that says you eat matzah for seven days until the 21st day, um, the point though is, is that you really ate matzah on the first day and you ate it up until midnight, right? This is assuming that the time of eating the Korban Pesach goes, you know, um, goes until midnight. Um, and therefore the time of eating matzah the first night goes until midnight. So that first night really is cut in half by midnight. Now what does all of this mean? Let me first, before we get to the whole midnight thing, which I'll, I'll unpack a little bit more in a minute, let me just first talk a minute a bit about what we're trying, what is the halachic meaning here about the idea of Sarch Laila Viyom Min HaChodesh. So what Rashi says it means is really a rabbinic point, and therefore according to Rashi, these psukim have to be pure asmachta. What Rashi says it means is, is that if you see the new moon, uh, excuse me, the old moon on a given night, you cannot go ahead and say that later that day is Rosh Chodesh. Now that's obviously astronomically true because, as we said, the Gemara said earlier, you, from the old, from the t- last sliver of the old moon to the new sliver of the new moon is at least 24 hours. For 24 hours, the, the moon is hidden. Um, actually, as I said, it's really closer to 36, but fine, we'll work with 24. Okay? So obviously, if you saw the little bit of the old moon the night before, there's no way you're going to see the new moon the next day. Um, so, during the daytime of the following day. Um, so, uh, why do you need a pasuk and what's the whole point? So, actually, says the whole point is to tell Basin, remember we were talking until now, and we'll continue to talk a little bit about how Basin can manipulate the calendar in contrast to the astronomical realities. So Rashi says the point is to say to Bastin, 
don't do, don't manipulate the calendar and make the daytime Rosh Chodesh if the night before the, the old moon was seen. Why? Because that'll just be patently obvious to people that you're manipulating it. People will have seen the old moon the night before. It'll be, it'll be clearly like a lie and a fraud to see you making the daytime on the day to say, oh, we saw the new moon and we're going to make it Rosh Chodesh. So according to Rashi, it's only the type of a concern of how does it appear to the people and so on. It's really not a biblical issue and therefore the Pesukim here are just an asmachta. What does the idea of Chatzot mean for Rashi? For Chatzot means the question of, according to the second opinion, well, maybe if you saw it the night before, before midnight, then it's already early enough that you could make the next, that you could make the daytime, you could declare it Rosh Chodesh. But if you saw it after midnight, then clearly already it'll be so obvious to people you can't. So that's the issue for Rashi, whether, if it, is it obvious enough, um, can we make it Rosh Chodesh if the old moon was seen the night before? Uh, Rabbeinu Hanana um, says a different explanation, which works a little bit better than why it's quoting the verse. And he says what's going on here is the question of whether the entire molad has to be on the day that Rosh Chodesh, um, you know, whether the day that Rosh Chodesh is declared, whether that the entire new moon has to be not visible, but has to have been in existence in that day. What do I mean by that? Look, let's say here that, right, we, here's the, right, from the time of the molad, right, so the molad is basically when you know, the moon has just moved like an infinitesimally away from the consumption, right? So in theory, I mean, it's not really visible because the sun is too, you know, it's too, it's too close. Obviously, it's overshadowed by the sun. But in theory, it's now into the new moon phase. It's off of the consumption, okay? So for this period of the molad, until the point when it's visible, the Gemara has been saying it's six hours. In practice, it's really more like 18 hours, okay? So this is the molad. Visible will occur six, six to 18 hours later, okay? Is when it goes from the molad to being visible. Because now, 18 hours later, it's a little even more removed, and now you actually can start to see the sliver of the new Is that why when you, when you announce the molad for Rosh Chodesh, the molad is always announced as being is happening the day before. Yeah, the yeah. Just molad is just is not a visible reality. It's an astronomical well, reality of moving off of the conjunction. And besides the fact that the calendar gets adjusted, as we know, and isn't always in sync with the moon, mm-hmm. is the fact that you cannot actually see the new moon until, according to the Gemara, six hours, and practice more like eighteen hours after after the molad. Now, let's say we went ahead and we said, let's say we went ahead and said that. Today, I don't know, let's say we said today, Monday, is Rosh Chodesh. Okay, why is today Rosh Chodesh? Today is Rosh Chodesh because sometime in Monday we saw, we saw the new moon. I don't know if that's even pointed in the right direction. We'll get to that in the second parent. Sometime Monday we saw the new moon. Okay, now, when we saw the new moon on Monday, now by the way, let's remind ourselves when is the new moon visible. The new moon becomes visible, right? The moon is moving counterclockwise to the sun. So it becomes a new moon when it moves off of its counterclockwise, okay? So therefore, at the new moon, you've got sunrise, and after sunrise, you've got the moon following, all right? Mm-hmm. Now that is going to not really be visible because mm-hmm. it's coming right, you know, the sun is like so close to it. Maybe later in the month, you yeah. know, you know, there'll be a bigger bit of a gap and it won't be bright enough, yeah. but to see it right after sunrise, right when it's a new moon, you're not going to see it. It's following too close to the sun. Okay, but right after sunset, you will see it. You'll see it in the beginning of the night. Okay, 
So you will see the new moon at the beginning of the night. And then as the month progresses, you know, the moon travels more behind, so you might see it a little bit after sunrise, and you might see it for, like, more of the night because it's traveling more it behind. What is behind the sun? I never understood that. I don't so know. Speak. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, okay. but that I has to do with... <laughs> somebody it has to do with the rotation. rotation of, I'm sure it has to do with the rotation of the moon, rotation of the earth. I'm not figuring that out right now. Okay. Let's just accept that. Okay, so you went ahead, and now you've decided that Monday was Rosh Chodesh, right? That meant that basically, right, it was going to, it was visible, you know, if, if it was Rosh Chodesh, it means witnesses came and they testified, they saw the new moon, right, that means that it was visible, if they saw the new, if Monday is Rosh Chodesh, it means that they saw the new moon, night and day, they saw the new moon, let's say, at 7 p.m. on Monday night. Okay, and therefore they're going to come in the morning and they're going to say, we saw the new moon last night, great, let's make Monday Rosh Chodesh. Okay? So the question is, right, when did the, mo- when did the Molad occur? So, so, so in this case, right, they saw the new moon here on Monday night, right, the Molad, which occurred six to eight hours before, right, the Molad had to have occurred like way before, had to have occurred on Sunday, it was like six to eight hours before the moon. Eight, eight, six to, or six to eight or eighteen, whatever. Anyway, at least six hours before on Sunday. So that means that the molot occurred way back here, right? So therefore, this new day, Monday, which is Rosh Chodesh, all of it is in is from the new moon. All of Monday, right, is during this new moon period because all of it came after the molot occurred because this occurred. Sunday, and if they saw the new moon 7 p.m., then the molot occurred at least at like, um, I mean, 7 p.m., the molot occurred at least like 1 p.m. on Sunday, right? So all of the new moon is after the molot. That's an easy case, okay? That's Lila Yomin HaChodesh, okay? Which means that the day you're going to make Rosh Chodesh, it's not enough that the new moon, that the moon just became visible, but part of it was related to the old moon. No, it all has to have been part of the new moon. Now you'll say, well, that'll always be the case, right? But maybe not, and again, somebody here can correct me, like maybe not necessarily, meaning maybe you didn't see the moon on Monday night. Maybe what you actually did is you saw the moon on Monday day. Maybe it started trailing enough behind the sun that it actually was visible at the beginning of Monday day. Uh, Is everybody here sort of with me? Mm -hmm. So you actually saw the new moon Monday day at like, I don't know, at like, at like 7 a.m., let's say, okay? So, and then you're going to come later that day and testify, we saw, we saw the new moon this morning. It was trailing so far by, we saw the moon. Oh, okay, but you saw the new moon that morning. When was the molad? All right? If you saw the new moon in the morning, the molad in this case was, six hours before, was, was 1 a.m., right? Monday. Still Monday. Yeah, yes, but that means part of Monday night was the old moon. Okay. Right? If the molad was 1 a.m., then part of Monday night was the old moon. So according to Rabbi Hanano, the way he reads the Gemara is, well, you can't make Monday Rosh Chodesh. Because the whole part of Monday has to have been after the Molad. Have I lost you? No, you got that's, that's completely so, clear. Now, it could be that you saw the moon 7 a.m. because the Molad was actually 6 p.m. Uh, you know, or 5 p.m. on Sunday. Right? So it was 5 p.m. on Sunday. That was way too late for it to be visible. Right? It, you know, it was only one hour removed here. But it was way too late for it to be visible here. And it became visible here. Well, that's fine. Because all of Monday, right, which starts at 6 p.m., was post-Molot. 
But in a case where the molot occurred at, you know, at 1 a.m., and it only became visible here, so part of Monday was pre-molot. So Rabbeinu Chanan says you can't make Rosh Chodesh if, unless the entire day of Rosh Chodesh is post-molot. Now, Tosus disagrees. Tosus says that's not in practice what we do. We don't actually care when the molad was. All we care about is when it was visible. But that's the way he reads it, and therefore it, it makes sense that you're looking at psukim and saying, like, the entire day has to be post-molad. Just I want yes. to clarify in light of what you're saying, independent of Rabbi what do they do in practice? In practice, they would declare Rosh Chodesh in the morning and Lomafreya, it had been... No, they had to accept witnesses that day. So if it was that they saw them at the beginning of the night, witnesses would travel at night, they'd come the next day, sometime before the following sunset, and testify, we saw it last night, which is halachically the same day, right. and they'd say, okay, today becomes Rosh Chodesh. Or in this scenario, where it was trailing enough behind, and they saw it first thing, and they saw it early in the morning, they'll come, and as long as they come before nightfall, they said, we saw it this morning, okay, so today is Rosh Chodesh. Well, what about last night? I saw, I saw it, today is Rosh Chodesh. We saw it last night. Right. So that means when they when they testified in the morning, the mafreya it had been. Rosh now Chodesh. we discover that yes, that this entire day so, is Rosh Chodesh. Not, like, yes, you're not. always making the day itself Rosh Chodesh. You're always realizing it's Rosh Chodesh in the middle of Rosh so Chodesh. So when we say Yavle Yavo at night, they may have been in a situation where they would not have said whatever the appropriate prayers were that evening. Right, which is one of the reasons, by the way, that you don't go back in Shmon if you miss Yavle Yavo at night, right. because you don't accept Edus at night and that therefore at night anyway at least the first night of Rosh Chodesh if it's two day Rosh Chodesh you know the night will be but then when the first day Rosh Chodesh right on one day you don't yet know the night will be Rosh Chodesh so it's always in doubt tonight um, okay anyway that's the point of Rabbi Mochananel yes. in our sixth calendar now yes we is there a gap between what we calculate to be the Molad and when we declare Rosh Chodesh is yes yeah and there yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you exactly, but yes, Moshevich was never on the, I mean, unless by chance due to manipulation, but in, in, in real te- testimony, the ability to recognize that it was a new moon always occurred hours after the Molad. Like I said, according to the Gemara, six hours in practice, it's closer to 18 hours. After the Molad, only then the moon becomes visible. So our fixed calendar works that way? Our fixed, well, our fixed calendar constantly is getting adjusted for various reasons, as we saw. Yeah. But, but when, for when, that's but why when, you announced the, the Molad. You say like the Molad will be, you know, 12 hours and 16 Chalakim after 1, and Rosh Hashanah the next day. Right. Now you know why. That's the Now you know why, yes. Now you know why, yes. When we announced that the Molad is Jerusalem time, think there's something there about so we're saying it's not Babel time in terms of that one hour difference. Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I just think it's because Kiddush HaKodesh happened in Eretz Yisrael and we want to sort of anchor that, that sort of thing in the Eretz Yisrael reality. Okay, so that's basically the point. And therefore the Rabbeinu Hananel says this point here about the, the idea of Chatzot was this question about, well, what if the Molot happened in this case? The Molot happened after Chatzot, so part of the old month pre-Molot period was already after Chatzot. But, but let's say the Molot happened at 11 p.m., so although part of the evening was pre-Molot, since from Chatzot onward it was post-Molot, you're good. 
And that's how he reads the issue of the Chatzot. Does the whole night have to be post-Molot or just the, or just post-Chatzot have to be, po- have to be the Molot? And part of the issue is, is that because the way he understands it, since we eat matzah the first night before Chatzot, but it's part of the fulfillment, this is the way Rabbi Nechananu is different than Rashi, part of the fulfillment of the idea of eating matzah seven days, so it's like we ate matzah the entire day, even though we only ate it before Chatzot, you see that having just some time, you know, just having a little time before Chatzot is enough to count for the entirety. Again, it's not exactly, but the basic point being is that since that idea of the seven days, really, there's a pre-Chatzot and a post-Chatzot period on the first night, according to that, he says, as long as, as long as the entire period post-Chatzot is of the post-Molad, you're good. Let's go on in the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Zera said Rabbi Zera Amar Rav Nachman Now we leave astronomy for a little bit and we talk about and we talk about I mean still realities of Kiddush HaChodesh but about dealing with the fact that we're in Babel and we don't know when they made the new moon when they made the new months now again remember the key months that matter are Tishrei and Nisan and in Tishrei and Nisan the months before them other and Elo we've learned are as a standard 29 days so given, let's assume we're going to assume the month before was 29 days. So that would mean, let's say, Rosh Chodesh would be on Sunday. Okay? But there's a possibility the previous month was 30 days, so it would mean that Rosh Chodesh would be on Monday. So, but we're, but, but, as, but, but sort of we're going to assume Sunday. So if we're going to assume Sunday was Rosh Chodesh, then two weeks from Sunday will be a Sunday, will be the 15th, will be Sukkot or Pesach. So if we're going to observe an- another day, Sveik of the Yoma, it's going to be Sunday and Monday, right? Because Rosh Chodesh, we're assuming Sunday, but the previous month might have been a 30-day month. There's always that chance, which would make push everything off a day. So, so he's going to say, well, what, what about the possibility that actually Rosh Chodesh started a day earlier? Then now you're telling me how could it have started a day earlier? So it can't start a day earlier if the only issue was. So here we have. So we have Av, Elo, Tishrei. Okay. So we're assuming Av is 30 days, Elo is 29. Okay, it doesn't really matter how many days Tishrei is. We're assuming Elo was 29 days, so we're going to make Rosh Hashanah on a Sunday, assuming 29. But in case it was 30 then that'll push everything off and that'll turn it into a Monday. But what about the possibility that it was 29 days, but you know what also? Maybe, if we're not having the fixed calendar and we're doing it based on testimony, maybe Av was 29 days and we didn't hear about that. So maybe actually Rosh Hashanah should have been Shabbos. Why, do we, why are we only concerned about this being 30 days and not concerned about that being 29 days? And you should keep on going back and back. All right, back, so, back, so, back, right. right so let's take a look. So that's part of the answer that you would have found out by then, which is essentially what the Gemara is going to say. Let's take a look. I'm already there, I'm of Nachman. Nachman. Any doubt is, is, you know, is, uh, goes forward, meaning maybe we start a day later because the last month was 30 days. Lemenra, so the Gemara says, this says, the Chamisa Veshitzer of Dinan will make 15th and 16th Yantiv, because it's a Suffolk, maybe it's a day later, 16th, or Beisar Lo of Dinan, but we won't make the 14th. We won't be concerned that we started, that, fifth, that we actually started late, and actually Rosh Chodesh was a day earlier, and we should make the 14th into Yantiv. Let's go ahead and say, you know, maybe the 14th, because maybe both Elul and Av were 29 days. Okay, everybody with me? Yeah? Because maybe both of these were 29 days. So the Gemara says, no. 
Everybody would find out if there were two 29-day months right in a row. Now Rashi says, when it says everybody would find out if there were two 29-day months in a row, it does not mean Av and Evel. You know why? Because here you are on Rosh Hashanah, you don't have enough time to find out that Elul was yeah. two days, right? Or maybe, even maybe if you're in Sukkot, maybe that's not enough time, you know, you're, to find out that Elul was two days. But there were another, there was Elul 29 days. But there's another month that was also 20 day, days. You know what month was also 29 days? Yeah. Thomas. Thomas. Right, normal category is 29, 30, 29. So if Av had been 29, here, a month later, whatever Ella was, you would have heard that there were two 29-day months back in Av and Thomas. And since you didn't, right, it, so you, obviously Av is 30 days. Basically, the Gemara means, which is, if, if, if Av were 30 days, you, if were 29 days, you would have found out. Okay, and therefore, we do not have to be concerned that it's earlier than, than, the, than Sunday. The only thing we have to be concerned is, you know, is that it's a day later. We don't have to be concerned that it would be, ever be a day earlier. Yes? Why don't they just cite the Mishnah and say that Elul is one of the months that they sent out? No, because, um, um, oh, because, you know, we're all stuck in Bavel, like, for, uh, like, far enough away that they wouldn't have gotten the message. The whole places that you do speak at the Yoma in Bavel are the places that are so distant that you don't get the message in time. The places that are close enough to have heard from the Shluchim, they all know which day was Rosh Chodesh, right? So this is all about the distant places. And that actually becomes a transition now to discussing exactly that, the places that didn't get the message. What do they mean? What's the 15th and 16th? When do you celebrate celebrate Sukkot? 15th and 16th. You never say, oh, well, maybe maybe two months ago it was a Chaser, maybe we should start the 14th. Because that you would have heard of. Okay, so the Gemara says like this, Levi, Iqla Lebavel. Levi, who came from Eretz Yisrael, dropped in in Bavel. The Chad Serba Tishrei, the 11th of Tishrei. Okay, great. Motzei Yom Kippur, everybody is out building their sukkah. Amar, and he said, Basin Tavshila de Bavlai, the pots in, uh, of the Babylonians, of you Babylonian Jews, are, are very, like, uh, tasty. You're making all this yummy, delicious food now in your kitchens. On the day where it's Yom Kippur in Eretz Yisrael. Oh my God. So there it was, right? Because we don't keep two days of Yom Kippur. For Yom Kippur, we assume that we know that Elo was 29 days, right? Where nobody's being asked to keep two days of Yom Kippur. And everybody is eating on the 11th. Well, he happened once to say, guess what, guys? They made Elo 30 days. And right now, it's Yom Kippur. You guys are all fresting and enjoying yourself. It's Yom Kippur in Eretz Yisrael. So, Amrilei, yeah, exactly, Amrilei, they said to Levi, Asid, testify, don't just stop shmooze. Go ahead and, pre- and present testimony and say, I want to testify that today is actually Yom Kippur, I know what happened in Eretz Yisrael, and then we'll stop eating. Okay, do something about it. Amrilei, he said to them, Lo shamat mi in mekudash. No, I wasn't ex- actually in the presence of the basin in Eretz Yisrael when he declared it was Rosh Chodesh. Now, who cares if you say you know the, what the day was? So Rashi says, uh, so what does this mean that I wasn't there when he declared Mekudah? So we're going to see in a minute, the, the Gemara is going to say, that you have to actually have direct, before the Shluchim go out to testify when the new month was, they have to have heard directly the basin say Mekudah. Okay, but there could be a scenario where you know exactly where, where you know exactly, where you, where you know exactly where, where Rosh, when Rosh Chodesh was, even if you didn't hear the same Mikudash. Why? Because here the whole point was they made it into a 30-day month. So what happened? All of day 29 passed, 
excuse me, all of day 30 passed and no witnesses came and you didn't make day 30 a new month, right? In that case, you know that it'll be a 30-day month and the next month will be, and the next day will be Rosh Chodesh, right? Is everybody with me? Day 30 passes, no no witnesses show up. So obviously, therefore, it's a 30-day month and the next day is Rosh Chodesh. But the halacha is the witnesses don't go out until they actually formally hear the next day based in, I mean, the, the, the messengers don't go out until they formally hear the next day the witnesses come and based in accept the testimony and say mikudash. Even though they know 100% that since yesterday wasn't Rosh Chodesh, today is Rosh Chodesh, you don't send out the messengers till officially you hear that. We'll hear about that more in a minute. So Levi says, oh, I can't testify for you. Even though I know that it was a 30-day month, because no witnesses were accepted on day 30, I know the previous on 30-day month, I didn't officially hear them say Mekudosh the day before, so I won't testify for you. So Tosos goes crazy. He says, what the heck do I care if technically you heard Mekudosh and under normal rules of Basin, the messengers wouldn't go forth. Right now you know that today is Yom Kippur. So what, what does this sort of technicality mean that you're not going to do something and everybody's going to go ahead and eat on Yom Kippur? How could you not tell them what they're doing? So if you take a look, so Joseph first tries to create a scenario where maybe it's not a hundred, hundred percent that today was uh, Yom Kippur. Like maybe it was like, it was, um, he says that it was, if you take a look, Joseph starts by saying, it's just a slavey ikla, he says like this. He says, um, um, it's two lines down in the narrow lines. He says, So not that he literally left Eretz Israel like on, you know, um, on, um, after day 30 had totally passed. He left, or not, you know, or he left the basin. I know, not Eretz Israel because it was going to be Rosh Hashanah. He left the basin 20 minutes before sunset on day 30. So in all practical terms, there's absolutely no time for witnesses to come, for it to be checked out, you know, and to make that day Rosh Hashanah. But he didn't know a hundred, hundred percent. You know, who knows? I mean, totally, maybe one in a million, maybe they came in a second and they did chick-chock and it all took place in five minutes. But okay, for all intents and purposes, he knew it wasn't Rosh Hashanah on that day, but he did leave 20 minutes before, so you never know exactly. Okay, so at least Tosus doesn't make it 100%, but still, 99.9%, you know which day is Rosh Hashanah, right? And you know that today in, in Bavel, they're eating, and today's really Yom Kippur. So how could you not do something about it just because of this technicality? How much of a gap was there between the acceptance of the, te- of the Asian and the proclamation? Uh, there's no official amount of time. I mean, minutes or hours? It, it could be. Look, that's the point. In practice, it probably was hours. They did a whole cross-examining and all. Uh, so probably, you know, a whole process. It probably took hours. That's the point. So he left 20 minutes before. Clearly, there was no time. But, you know, I think Tosus is framing it that way to say, like, who knows? Hypothetically, maybe they would have just done it all tick-tock pro form and done it in five no, minutes. Okay? I understand. I understand what the general process is. But Tosus is framing it in a way so it's not completely absurd. So that there's a, a, a one in a million possibility they did a chick shock, and even though and Levy left right before sunset, and actually what? Fine, but even if that's true, it's not a hundred percent. Nevertheless, it's ninety nine point nine percent. How can you go ahead and let them eat on Yom Kippur? So here Tosa says a really shocking thing. If you take a look, Tosa says like this. Um, he says like Tosa. I'll tell you in a minute. Um, the im tomar the heich. The line that starts with the word veheich, about ten lines down in the narrow lines. Okay, who cares about the little technicality? You know it's you know it's Yom Kippur. How do you let them eat on Yom Kippur? 
v'yesh lomar, you could say, hatznam kamar perkseni, asher tikuro tzami kore kodesh, bein bizmanam, bein shalobizmanam. That whether, this is the idea that Basin could, you know, get, contradict the witnesses, make a day Rosh Chodesh, even if it's not really Rosh Chodesh, like we saw before, they could manipulate the calendar, whether by making the witnesses lie, ignoring the witnesses, whatever they say works. Okay, whether you intentionally get it wrong, unintentionally, you're mistaken. So therefore, basically, Tosa says, here's what he's saying, a shocking thing. That's one thing when the central basin gets it wrong, but they declare Rosh Chodesh, that's binding. But you know what Tosa has just said? In Eretz Yisrael, the central basin declared one day Rosh Chodesh. In Bavel, they thought a different day was Rosh Chodesh. They didn't declare it. It wasn't a formal declaration. They were just making, working on an assumption of what had happened in Eretz Yisrael. But nevertheless, since the entire Babylonian community had identified a particular day as Rosh Hashanah and another particular day as Yom Kippur, that became binding. So for Tosvos, you actually had a reality where there was one day of Yom Kippur in Eretz Yisrael and a different day of Yom Kippur in Babel. Because even if you make a mistake, it's binding. Now, of course, we say that when you're dealing with a central basin, with the one single authority for the Jewish people. Tosvos is allowing for a possibility of two calendars both of which are valid. And by the way, the idea of a need for a single calendar, you can't have some people having Rosh Hashanah on one day and some on another, some have Yom Kippur on one day, some on another, ultimately became the big determinant for a, who, where is the center of authority for the Jewish people? Like a big issue in the period of the Geonim was, were the Geonim Bavel going to determine the category or what, the calendar, or were the Geonim Eretz Yisrael? And in the end, there was a whole debate that the Geonim Eretz Yisrael said one particular day, Geonim Bavel another, and it was clearly recognized you cannot have both the communities doing different calendars and there was a huge fight who had ultimate authority and any guesses who won? Bavel because that even though it's supposed to be the authority in Eretz Yisrael that was basically part of the whole shift of you know Torah scholarship and authority to Bavel so Tosus is here allowing to explain this Gemara like how could you keep quiet if everybody's eating on Yom Kippur to actually say it was possible to have two separate calendars valid at the same time yes uh, another way that that could work is if the international dateline is between Eretz Israel and <laughs> That's interesting. You need to put it somewhere. Yes, so. that's interesting. Although it's, that's not what the Gemara is saying, no, but no, that's no, interesting. No, no, no. Okay. So you're saying that Tosavos, therefore, is projecting theoretically a paradigm for the decentralization of a thought Yeah, but in a way that the, we have never tolerated. No, we have never tolerated. Right. Two, I mean, if somebody had a separate calendar that made them completely sectarians, you know, like this. Right, you know, right. The, the, the right. right. Okay. All right, so now the Gemara, let's go back, okay? So it's a fascinating Tosos. Back to the Gemara. So they, there they were. It was, it was Yom Kippur in Eretz Yisrael, but he refused to say anything about it or to do anything helpful about it. Okay, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Right, presumably, presumably. Um, okay, so the Gemara sounds like this. Um, okay, so the Gemara sounds like this. Machri Zeb Yochanan, now Rabbi Yochanan declared... So this gets to the issue as, where do they keep two days? Okay, so here is Eretz Yisrael. Okay, I'm going to draw a bad picture of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, whatever, I cancel. Here's Eretz Yisrael, okay? Right? Everybody with me? Here's Yerushalayim. They make it Rosh Hashanah. The Shulchan go out. Okay? And the Shulchan go out and tell everybody right, when it was, so that they can keep 
you know, they can keep Sukkot and Nisan on the right time, right? Mm-hmm. Sukkot and uh, Pesach. Mm-hmm. How far do the Shluchim get? Well, they leave, now on Nisan, they actually can leave on one Nisan. How many days can they travel? They can travel before Pesach. They basically can travel, right, 14 days before Pesach, minus what occurs in every four, period of 14 days, two Shabbatas. Okay, so but for Nisan, they can travel 12 days journey, okay? How far can they ca- travel for Tishrei? So when do they leave? They don't leave on one Tishrei, they leave on two Tishrei. How many days can they not travel in addition? So that's one day left. How many days can they not travel in addition to two Shabbatot? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. So they can they travel two days left. So for Tishrei, they only go ten days journey. Okay, for Tishrei. Mm-hmm. So all of the communities, who keeps two days? Nobody here keeps two days. Everybody here keeps only one day because they all find out in time. For one, Sukkot, day, Rosh- one day, no, one day Sukkot and Tessa. Okay, Rosh Hashanah is different, okay? Everybody here, but how about everybody here keeps two days? Because nobody here finds out in time yeah. for Pesach. How about the people that live here? They know in time for Pesach, what, what they don't know in time for Sukkot, right? Mm-hmm. For Pesach they know, which day is Rosh Hashanah, they only keep one day. For Sukkot, they don't know and they'd have to keep two days. So what do you do in, this, in, this, in the people that live in those places? So let's take a look. So, Machis Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan proclaimed, um, where were we? Machis Rabbi Yochanan, Kolech of the Matri Shluchay Nisan, Velo Matri Shluchay Tishrei, wherever the messengers of Nisan have arrived, but not the messengers of Tishrei, Le'avdi Trey Yomei, even for Pesach, keep two days Pesach if you're in that gap zone. Why? Because if you only keep one day of Pesach, you'll come to only keep one day of Sukkot. So therefore, we don't want to have this weird thing that some days two and some days one. So if you're in this zone here, that at least for Sukkot it's two days, keep two days for Pesach as well. Okay. Rabbi Ivo Bar Nagri, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, Ikvilahu Asra. So these two rabbis, who were students of Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan was the man who made this announcement, came to a particular place, Davi Matu Nisan which is exactly in this gray zone, a place where they found out in time for Pesach, but they didn't find out in time for Sukkot. The Avdi they did only one day of Pesach, because Pesach they knew. Okay, they didn't follow Rabbi, you know, it was not like what Rabbi Yochanan had said. And these two students of Rabbi Yochanan didn't say anything. They didn't speak up. Okay, another story of people not speaking up, like the Levi story. But here it's more of a rabbinic concern. They didn't speak up. They let him do just one day of Pesach. Shama Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan heard that his two students tolerated this and didn't say anything about it. V'iktid, he got upset. Amalu, he said to his students, Lav Amilu, didn't I tell you, that we're in this space where, the, where they got, know about it in time for Nisan, but in time for Pesach, and, but not in time for Sukkot, that they need to still keep two days of Pesach. Because if they don't, if they have to do Nisan so that, if, so that it doesn't lead to them, because if they, if they have to do two days of Nisan so it shouldn't, it shouldn't have a spillover into, into, into Tishrei, and if they'll do only one day Pesach, they'll do only one day Sukkot. So haven't I told you? Right. So Rabbi Yochanan said after that, how do you let them do only one day of Pesach? I told you guys that in that place they should be doing two days of Pesach because of because since they have to do two days of Sukkot, they should be doing two days of Pesach. So it shouldn't get confused. Okay. 
So, and that's the end of the story. He heard, he got upset. But that was his ruling. Okay, right. Rava, now Rava, have a have a Rava would keep two days of Yom Kippur. See, the things that you guys heard about the Mir uh, Yeshiv in Shanghai, it's already in the Gemara. Rava, as we heard, there was a whole story before by Levi. You never knew 100%. Right? Maybe you were, maybe, maybe Elul was Mu'ubar. So Rava would actually keep two days of Yom Kippur. Zimnachad ishtacha chivasei. And one time it actually worked, he actually wound up being right. One time it actually turned out that Elul was Mu'ubar. And that for him validated his entire practice. You, and all you guys have been making fun of me all these years that I'm keeping two days of Yom Kippur. This year it turned out that it was, maybe it was the year that Levi dropped in. <laughs> this year it turned out that it was an El- El- was Mu'ubar. Ah, it shows that I'm right. Now, fascinatingly, you could read this Gemara and think, oh, that would be a from thing to do. Mm-hmm. By the way, nowadays it wouldn't be from because nowadays, you know, we, it's a fixed calendar. The only logic of doing this other than the suffix of the international dateline was when they were still, it was still in flux and you never knew 100% right when Elo would be um, whether Elo would at really only be 29 days well, nevertheless Rabbi Hanano makes an interesting little point even though you could have inferred oh maybe this is something to emulate if you take a look at Rabbi Hanano three lines down in the wide lines he said um, it's like near the end where, uh, of that line about a third from the end he says the Hayalo Yom Kippur it turned out he was right that one year he was being machmir on himself. He was just doing some like extra stringency. And it was not really a obligation. There's not a real reason. Like we said, Elul is always 29 days. There's no reason to, to be anxious about this and be concerned about this. It's not a normal type of a, you know, of a, of a uh, reasonable concern. The chashat, and if he was concerned, it was just acting like over the, you know, over the top, and not something that he would have been to like praise yourself for. So it's very interesting him like talking about don't think they're going to be machmir. Like just because he got a little anxious and crazy, it's not something to give yourself a pat on the back of of look how machmir I am. Okay, and now we're actually going to see another story which recognizes. I just want to read the next story which recognizes the challenge of what it means to keep two days of yom. Kippur consecutively. No, if it's thirty days, Yom Kippur will be the day after the day you think Yom Kippur will be. So you're always going to keep two days of Yom Kippur because you're keeping today the tenth. But my identifying today Sunday as the well it wouldn't be Sunday Yom Kippur wouldn't be whatever. Me identifying today Monday as the tenth assumes that Rosh assumes that you know Rosh Hashanah was a particular day right. but that was assuming that Ella was 29 days right. but if Ella was 30 days today isn't the 10th it's the 9th right. so Tuesday is the 10th right. so since I don't know is Monday the 10th or Tuesday the 10th I'm going to do Monday and Tuesday it's not a two-day Yom Kippur. It's, I don't know which day is Yom Kippur, so by force I have to do two, both days. I'm sorry. If he knows that the Rosh Hashanah was the 30th. How does he know? No. He knows that we're... He doesn't know in time. You're in Bavlo. I don't know in time. Ah. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right. So the message is like this. Um, okay. Rav Nachman, Yossi So Rav Nachman, what it is? Fasted a whole Yom Kippur. Good to know. The Ursa, Asahu Gavra, and the evening, which was Mose Yom Kippur, a person came and said to him, uh, a person came, Amalei Lemachar, 
Yom Araba b'Ma'arafa. So, and he came. So, meaning, I presumably it meant like right before uh, night, right before uh, you know it was Motzei Yom Kippur. Somebody came right at Neila and said to him, "You should be aware that in Eretz Yisrael tomorrow they're starting Yom Kippur. Tomorrow is Yom Kippur again. Three stories right in a row, right? Ula, Rava, and this story were wound up as opposed to the Gemara statement that the most Ezra ve'Elach lo masinu Elul Meuber that Elul's never thirty days. We now have three stories of Elul having been thirty days and Yom Kippur have people having mis, you know, identified Yom Kippur. So this guy came to Rav Nachman and told him, you should know, by the way, it was a 30-day Elul and tomorrow is really Yom Kippur. So Amrle, he said to him, Mehecha'at, where, where do you come from? Amrle, Maharya, that was the name of the place, Maharya, I'm sorry, Damharya. So Amrle, so he said to him, a little play on the word Damharya, Dam tehe acharito. So dam, dam, harya like acharit, right? If you make a guttural hey and guttural chet. So, you know, blood should be in your end. So, or maybe blood is as a result of you, because Rashi says it's like this is tremendous, causing a tremendous, like, you know, danger or sakana to me or anguish to me that I have to fast two days in a row. Kariyalei, Kalim Hayu wrote Fenu. Swift were our pursuers. You know, you came so quickly, you should have come three days from now after it was too late. <laughs> now you came. <laughs> I don't know if that was the point, but now you came and now I have to do tomorrow. You'll give it to Come in a few days and then you'll tell me I'll worry about it then. So anyway, he was very upset. He had it. It was very challenging to fast two days straight. Well, the you're killing me. You're killing me. Exactly. That's the good idiomatic expression. Yeah, yeah. You're killing me. You're killing me. All right. Anyway. Anyway, um, all right. So, um, uh, uh, that's like this uh, joke. Okay, I guess I'll say. Anyway, this guy, this, this guy, you know, is, you know, he's he, he, this Jew. He's got this uh, non-Jewish friend. He says. So you mean to tell me, like, you would, like, you know, rather, you know, you'd have to, like, violate a law rather than, like, risk your life? He says, yeah, absolutely. So he says, so, if I were, like, take a gun to your head and say, like, eat this cheeseburger, would you, you know, you'd have to? And he says, yeah. He says, says, and, you know, and if I were, like, take a gun to your head and say, like, okay, it's, it's, like, today was Shabbos, it's Shabbos. Like, you have to, like, break Shabbos now, you know, you have to turn on light. You'd have to. And he says, yeah. So he takes out a gun. So he says, okay, turn on the light. So, like, the guy sits, gets terrified. So he turns on the light. And then the, his friend starts cracking up. Ah, I was just, I was just, you know, teasing. I was just kidding and he gets like really upset says, why didn't you do it when we were at the cheeseburger <laughs> <laughs> so anyway alright so alright somehow that, 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 that was somehow loosely associated to this okay uh, you should have been a little bit later anyway alright <laughs> could have told me yet tomorrow anyway Shalakli Rav Huna Bar Avin the Rafa so Rav Huna Bar Avin sent to Rafa um if you see that Tkufas Tevis, which is the winter, is extending into the 16th of Nisan, so you have to make a, uh, an, uh, you know, a, 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 a leap year, right? Because, because, the, because the summer, excuse me, the spring season, solar season we're talking here, the solar spring season has to, um, you know, Pesach has to fall during the spring. So if you are seeing that the winter is going until the 16th, so Pesach, the 15th, will not begin in the spring. So you have to make a leap year. Okay? So in order that Pesach can begin in the spring. The low Tachushlan, don't be concerned. That, that would be improper because there's debates in another Gemara under what circumstances can you adjust it. 
This obviously is a reason to make a leap year. Okay, Dixiv, as the verse says, Observe the month, so it's Chodesh, which is about the, the moon, L'chadesh, right? The moon new, makes itself new, but it's Aviv, the spring, which is a solar season. Shamur Aviv shall Tkufa, observe the seasonal Aviv, the spring, which is a solar season. Shehei B'chodesh Nisan, that it falls in the month of Nisan. Now it is interesting that it says the word here, month, right? That's the Pasuk, Chodesh Aviv, and it doesn't say Pesach. Um, because now you say the month, so if it's the month, maybe the first of the month already has to be the spring. So Rashi says, no, so Rashi explains no, because the month is determined, like we mentioned a little bit before, by analogy, the idea of chatzot, by the middle of the month. So therefore, as long as, you know, the spring begins by the middle of the month, you are okay. Now, by the way, and therefore, as long as the 15th is already in the spring, which is Pesach, you are okay. Now, by the way, you could also just tie it to the end of the Pesach, Zafita Pesach. So Pesach has to be in the spring, but here it's connecting it to the month. Now, by the way, this issue of connecting it to the month has an implication. Because if I told you, oh, we're one day late, the uh, spring only begins on the 16th, we have to have the spring beginning on the 15th, there's a much easier solution than making it a leap year. What's the easier solution to making it a leap year? Add an extra day, to, an extra day to the previous month. Okay, so because of that problem, Rashi says that it's not just that Pesach has to begin in the spring. The Chodesh has to begin in the spring. And what does Chodesh mean? Chodesh word from the word of Chadash. It has to still be renewing. The moon has to still be growing. The moon only continues to wax until the 15th. So this, so the spring has to fall not on the fifteenth, but it has to fall in the fourteenth or earlier. So the chodesh, the waxing of the month, is overlaps with you know the spring begins within the waxing of the month. So we can't just adjust one day, and therefore we have to add an entire month. Now the question might be, if you could predict that, why don't you just adjust two days earlier months? So this becomes an interesting question of. How much, how much imbalance can you allow in your calendar? A normal calendar has, right, six 30-day months and six 29-day months. We can go till seven and five. Can you have as much as eight and four? So actually, um, there's a question. Maybe eight and four you're allowed, nine and three you're not. According to some, in some versions, you're not even allowed eight and four. So if you're not allowed eight and four, you can't do a double adjustment. You can only do a single adjustment. Okay, so therefore, Rashi understands that the issue is it has to be in the 14th. It's falling in the 16th. We can't do an adjustment of the month. We have to actually create a leap year. Okay, Tosos has a slightly different read where Tosos actually says it could be in the 15th. It doesn't have to start in the 14th, but we'll have to assume that they would, they've already used up their adjustments. They can't adjust it enough and therefore, again, a leap year. But the basic point is the spring solar season of the spring has to begin either by the 14th or the 15th of Nisan and if it won't and you can't do it by adjusting a month you adjust a year yes. is, is this the clearest foundational statement that gives a rationale for Kippur Hashanah no there's whole sugi in Sanhedrin there's other sugi this is just one of them the whole point is that we adjust for the moon the lunar calendar in order to adjust yes. the solar calendar yes and one of the major reasons is because Pesach has to be in the spring 100% right so this is not no this is, a, this is one mention there's a much longer discussion in Sanhedrin okay alright Amal Rav Nachman Lahanu Nuchuseyama so Rav Nachman said to those that went, go down, that went to the ocean meaning seafarers Amal 
where I skipped one. Asun delo yadisu bekviyah biyarcha. You that don't know, you'll be on the sea. You'll have no idea when Basin made Rosh Chodesh. Ki chazisu siyara demaslim liyoma. When you see that the moon completes the day, biyurachamira. Destroy your chametz. It's going to be Pesach. How do you know when it's 14th and you have to destroy your chametz? Well, now we would have said, well, right before the moon gets full. Okay, interestingly, you know, because I don't know if you've ever looked at it, like, is the moon really full? Is it 95% full? That's like not always 100% clear exactly how full it is. So he gave them a different siman of the middle of the month. Rather than the moon being full, the siman he gave is that the moon um, goes um, throughout the... um, uh, the moon goes let me see if I get this right if it's halfway through the month okay if it's halfway through the month that means that the sun and the moon are at opposite are, are diametrically opposite right and the, yes and the earth so, is between and we are right but this is this is like you okay so the sun and the moon are di- diametrically opposite it's the middle of the month so right at sunset right the moon rises yes mm-hmm. and uh, right before sunrise Right at sunrise, the moon is setting. Mm-hmm. So you will know it is the middle of the month if the moon is visible the entire night and then sets as the sun is rising. Okay? So that's what he says. He says, Ki chazisu sira de mashlim liyoma, when you see that the, that the moon completes the day, meaning sort of sets, you know, as the sun is rising, so, um, you know, it's, it's light finishes as the, you know, as the day begins, then you'll know it's the middle of the month, and then be with Hamira, then destroy Ham. That's, that's, that's what happens in the middle of the month, always. Yes. That's yep. So then the Gemara says, one minute. Amos Mashlim, when does that happen? That the moon goes throughout the night and ends when the day begins? The Chamisar on the 15th. Okay? The Hanan may our base, our Mevarinam. You have to get rid of Chamet on the 14th. So the Gemara says, no. The who Alma, for them, that the world is revealed, which means like there's a clear horizon, I guess. May our base, our Mashlim, that happens on the 14th. Now, Charlie can maybe tell me what this means. What I assume it means is, you know, I think if you're on sea level and on the ocean, you see more in terms of the curvature of the earth like things that happen technically below the horizon you're able to still see them because you're sort of you, you know your sight line goes goes you know sort of bends bends down the curvature of the earth oh then you see further then down the horizon further around. sea level you don't it, it should be the other way around yeah I don't get it because even if it's true right so therefore this is what it is on the, on the 15th on the 14th right they're a little bit not aligned yet Right? So this has been moving backwards. So on the 14th, this will, when sunrise occurs here, then this will have set a little bit before sunrise. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So this will set on, on the 14th, right? This is not a whole 180 degrees. So at sunrise, yeah, this will set a little bit before sunrise. So presumably what it's saying though is that if you're looking, dipping below the horizon, it'll look like it's setting at sunrise, even though actually it'll be before sunrise. The problem I have with that is even assuming that's true in terms of seeing the dip of the horizon, shouldn't it work in both directions? So shouldn't it also be that sunrise? starts looking like that's happening earlier than it actually occurred. Since it's relative to the sun, right, I don't sort of see how in one case you're dipping below the horizon and in the other case you're not. So I don't really get it. But okay, moving on. That was the end for now for our astronomy lesson. Let's in the next five minutes at least try to get, actually we can do the next stop, the next half stop at least pretty quickly. Let's take a look. Okay, this is stuff we've seen before. 
For two months, the messengers, when it comes to testify to the new moon, you can break Shabbos to, if you, to testify for any month. But when it comes to sending out the messengers, right, the real urgency of the messengers is, to, um, is um, uh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. The messengers never break Shabbos. I, was, right. I don't know. Right. right. Here we actually were discussing how the messengers never break Shabbos. Excuse me. We're talking about te- test, right, messengers never break Shabbos. Hey. Testifying for the new moon, Adim. So there, in principle, it could be for every month. But in practice, we really only did it for Nisan and Tishrei because those obviously were the key months in terms of determining the Yantas. Right? I don't know why I was misstating it. Okay, for two months, the witnesses can break Shabbos. Al Nisan val Tishrei, al Nisan and Tishrei. That was, was confusing me. That's the day, because those are the days that the messengers go out, or those, for those months, the messengers go out to Surya, which is like the uh, surrounding lands of Israel. Okay? Um, and those are the months on which all the Yom Tovim are hinged. Those are the most important months, so for those, the witnesses can break Shabbat to come and testify. But not for the other ones. No, so that's the whole point. That's what the Gemara is going to discuss. So let's see the Gemara. It doesn't mean that the witnesses, that the messengers travel on 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 Shabbos. It just means that that was the important month for the witness for the messengers to go out. Okay, it really is all about the second statement, not about the messengers going out, but about the metachmin of Hamoados. These were the most important months. The Yom Tovim were dependent on them, so these are the months which the Adam can break Shabbos for. When there was a temple, then there were other things that were. De- now, the, nothing is dependent on the other months. I mean, okay, Purim, Hanukkah, but you know, sort of like weighty biblical things is not except for Nisan and Tishrei. But when there was a base on Mishnah, there were weighty things dependent on each month, whether you bring the Korban or not. So, since you want to do those months in the right astronomical time and based on the witnesses, when there was a base on Mishnah, you would violate Shabbos to testify for all the months. Without a base of mixtach, only for those two. Let's just look quickly at the Gemara. A base kadashim besula. What do you mean two months the wit- the, te- the, uh, the messengers would go out? Ramina, we just said in the previous mishnah. Al shisha kadashim ashulchim yosim. They would go out for all six months. So Amar by Hachi Kamar. Akulam shulchim yosim mi ba'eret. It's true. For all the months, witnesses would go out, but in the other months they would go out already at night. Meaning, if it was a thirty-day month, the previous one. Right, so by nightfall, you would know that tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. We didn't make today Rosh Chodesh. So for all the other months, you could send them out already at nightfall. But, um, which is what we had, we had quoted that earlier in today's Dach. Even though you know a certain today is Rosh Chodesh, because you know that yesterday wasn't, or another scenario is everybody saw the moon last night. You have no question that they're going to make today Rosh Chodesh. Nevertheless, because these months are so important, you don't want there to ever have been any misunderstanding. And you don't want the witnesses, to, the messengers to go out until they explicitly hear the declaration of Nekudah. Tanyin amihachim yitzhah simili, akulan yotim yibe'erev, alnizam dalkishi atyishim beitim Nekudah. And again, all it really says in terms of breaking Shabbos is it's just another indirect proof of how important these months are. These months are so important that all of the Yom Tovim are dependent on it and they wanted to make sure that everybody heard the word Mekudah before any report was given. So that all shows how important these months are and that's why we break Shabbos to bring testimony on these months. Tana Rabbanan, we taught. How do you know you break Shabbos to testify, testify about the new moon? 
declare them in their right time. So to make sure it's being declared in their right time means that the t- we're going, we're listening to the witnesses and we're we're synchronizing our calendar to what was seen and to the right time. And it's bimo adam, which means it overrides Shabbat. And here's exactly the concept. Maybe the same way you can override Shabbos to sanctify it. You can override Shabbos to ensure its fulfillment, which means to send out the messengers. You declare them in their right time. On the declaring of them as Rosh Chodesh, that happens even on Shabbat. Not just to ensure that the message gets out, but to make it Rosh Chodesh, that you override Shabbat. Last, right, yeah. last line. We talk, when there was a base of Mitzvah. said to them, whoever the them is, is there a Korban anymore? Why are we violating Shabbat for these other months? There's no urgency. There's no weight to these months. So, or serious weight. He's keenly they made an establishment. Only Nisan and Tishrei were the ones that continued to carry weight. I just want to say one point about this. We always identify with Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that he made all of these takanot zecher lemitzah. If you look more closely at Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, a lot of his takanot, and I would claim even the ones that are ostensibly zecher lemitzah, a lot of his takanot are actually accepting the fact that we live in a different reality now, a post-mitzah reality, and therefore practice has to be different. You'll remember that Rabbi Yochanan Zakai was the one who went and said that we can now that there's no base on mikdash we can accept witnesses right on even after mincha time. Remember that whole thing. So here as well, he's saying no base on mikdash. We then will stop sending out the shluchim on the other months. So exactly that the kindness of Rabbi Yochanan Zakai are are sort of are are responding to the post mikdash reality, not trying to hold on to the mikdash reality. And that's I think an important uh, understanding of what Rabbi Yochanan Zakai and his activities um, were.